Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Watch out for the greed merchants 
They be taking native title out from under your feet. It's the biggest land grab you've ever seen. I will not let them. I won't let them do what they don't understand. No business, no business with this land. Cause they did my boy. He said so. Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot AU and three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. <coughs> Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples, and we pay respects to Elders, past and present. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in, and any First Nations people, and acknowledge that all the lands were stolen and never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I'm Sally Goldner, I'm your host for the show, I use the pronouns she and her and we opened up very appropriately today given that yesterday was Eddie Marbo Day as part of Reconciliation Week with Neil Murray and from his album of many years ago but I just love that one 1999 The Wondering Kind and Eddie Marbo rest peacefully Eddie and um well um on there's lots of performances going on on the lands and um you'll be able to ask our guest, um, send in comments or queries about that because I have a wonderful guest to talk about that. How you send in, um, communicate with the program, there's out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Also, that's the same for Instagram and Mastodon. And look for posts on my Facebook page, Sally Goldner. And out of the pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And you can snail mail. We just, won't, we just can't answer those, those comments during the show. Um, we love you, Australia Post, but you're not that fast. PO Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Any opinions I express on the show are strictly my own, not those of any organisations with which I have been associated past or present. Not sure there'll be any content warnings today, um, but um, um, if we, they come up, we'll give the numbers. But um, I don't, you know. Sometimes we can laugh in the trans community. Someone who's damn good at it and has put together a, lo- a number of people who are good at making us laugh and making us smile and showing the amazing talent of um, trans um, performers. Anna Piper Scott joins me in the studio. Anna, welcome. Well, welcome back to Three CR because you're. Um, you're pretty much a regular guest here. I, I'd like to be a regular guest. I, I was here just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, yeah, this is uh, it's lovely to be back, especially with you. Good to be with you, absolutely. You <coughs> did um, come in to have a chat with James, but we can only give this amazing event, T4T, a transgender showcase, Thursday through Saturday, 8th, 10th, 9th and 10th of June, 7.30 down at the Victorian Pride Centre in Fitzroy Street, St Kilda. 
um, there's not enough publicity we can give it because it's so trans awesomeness. Hooray! Yeah, it's a pretty exciting one, uh, Tea for Tea. Uh, we've been doing it a couple times. We did a Melbourne Fringe. We did it recently at the TOF, and now we're doing a Pride Centre version for Pride Month, and it's uh, looking to be pretty exciting. Well, absolutely. How did it um, sort of come about in the first place? Um, because we haven't spoken about it before, so let's just get the backstory. So the whole concept of the show is that it's an all-trans lineup performing for an all-trans audience. So we mm-hmm. specifically tell cisgender people not to come. We want it to be entirely trans people in the room, or at least people who are... Um, associated with that community, understand what's happening, understand the language and everything like that, just because I found that um, before I did the show, I was constantly having to explain terms to my audiences, mm-hmm. you know? I would have to, like, make... I want to make a joke about cisgender people, and then I have to explain words that they don't understand, like cisgender, um, you know, and words like AMAB, AFAB, all these terms are just, like, confusing to to cis people who haven't done the education, haven't done the research. And I'm happy to do that during my shows, but it was just me going, imagine what I could be doing if I could just, like, get past that and could make yep. jokes for trans people that are, like, you know, two, three levels deeper on the experience. And then I... As I was thinking about that, I'm like, well, I can't be the only trans person feeling this. I can't be the only trans performer dealing with this issue. And I know that trans audiences are coming and just feeling a bit, like, patronised or condescended to or Mm -hmm. a bit bored by the tedium of explaining stuff. So I'm like, why don't we just get, like, all kinds of trans performers, burlesque, drag, cabaret, comedy, whatever, and just put them on and just say, it's a trans audience, do what you want. Yep. Oh, look, what a, what a joy, utopia, heaven on earth and all that. Um, um, well, actually, yeah, there's, I, you know, heaven on earth, we'll go with that one. Yeah. Um, which, we, which we deserve, um, um, which is, you know, very, very awesome. So you've now done these three series of shows, or oh, two, sorry, thus far, and the third coming yeah. next week. Um, what sort of things have you seen evolve, we'll say generally, I want to say specifically, anything stand out over the series of the shows thus far? Well, every night has been really unique and special, and every night it's a different set of performers. Mm-hmm. Um, we've specifically told the performers to do what they want, so we're not booking specific uh, acts from performers. We're not like, oh, come and do that number you've done at the club or whatever. It's just like, the entire audience is trans, do what you want. And that really open brief has made for some really interesting, like, one-of-a-kind performances. Um, one of my personal favourites, we had a comedian, Eddie Patterson, come on, and mm-hmm. they were doing jokes about how they were worried about going on testosterone and hormone replacement therapy and how that would affect their hair. They were worried they were going to go bold, and they'd been praised for their hair for so long and everything like that. And they were telling all these jokes about losing their hair whilst they were having their partner shave their head, like... Wow. At the time, so just kind of like, oh, I'm afraid to lose my hair, but I'm going to, like, commit to doing it with the partner. Shaving the- and it was just, uh, like, that's never going to happen again. Like, that can't happen again. The hair's gone, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had Winter Green do their first ever performance since getting top surgery. And it was, like, a fan dance burlesque tribute to the top surgery with bedazzled blood coming from where the scars were and everything like that. And then we've also had Maxectomy at the most recent show did their last performance before getting top surgery and did like a, a tribute to their, their, their body and kind of like embracing that right before getting their surgery. So every show has just been something really unique and wild and special. We had a, um, 
two performers, Val Venom and Clint Oris, did a T for T double act where they did a strip tease lap dance routine on each other, got completely naked in front of the audience, and that was wild. Just, and sometimes just seeing performers do just their best material or their best act in front of their own community and just like showing off for people who actually can see how hard they're working, which is also just fun. So it's, it's every kind of performance you could imagine. Wow. Or, or maybe not be able to imagine. Yeah. It's cool too. Wow. So that, that's just incredible. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really blown away by some of those. I mean, they're just, yeah, they're so authentic in, in, and in a world that's trying to, you know, we, I suppose we, I wish we could ignore the reality out there, but we have a world that tries to deny that we even exist at all, denies our, the authenticity and uniqueness of our bodies. And yet, here, here we have a space where we can do this. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that's also the other thing. It's just kind of like, we're in a climate where there's a significant group of cis people who are trying to eradicate us and erase us. Yeah. And then there's also a significant group of cis people who we have to prove that the other group exists. Mm. You know? Like, we're trying to say, like, oh, we're facing a genocide. And there's cis people like, oh, is it really a genocide? That's a big loaded word. Blah, blah, blah. And you have to, like justify and defend and explain and bring facts and bring statistics and everything like that. And it's so good to just have, like, a room full of trans people and just be like, we're facing a genocide, moving on to the point I want to make, and you don't have to justify. You can have a hover and be like, yes, we know. We've read the articles, you know. We're, yeah. we're on Twitter. We know what's happening. Yeah. Rather than trying to have to, like, bog yourself down in, in nonsense for, for cis people's benefit. Yes. Um, and as for Twitter, well... I'm not going to mention elongated muskrats, but... Oh, hang on, I just did. Um, yes, indeed. So, yeah, this, this is the awesome thing. And then you've got, as I like to use a phrase that I um, sometimes use, it's diversity within diversity. Um, trans performers, as you said, of well, the um, Pride Centre advertisement here says of all stripes, drag, burlesque, comedy, music and more, putting on a night of pure, unbridled expression. No hand-holding for straights, no spoon-feeding for the cis... Just A-grade, top-shelf queer shenanigans, well, straight from the source or queer from the source? I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) That must have been a typo there. Um, We'll we'll get the Pride Centre to fix that one. Um, (laughs) Run us through some of the performers you've got over the three nights coming and just, you know, whilst, as you say, you know, people are able to do anything, a little bit of their background um, that you've got. So just, you know... Um, I, I can pick one at random off the ad, or you can go for it. Take your pick. Um, I mean, it's a pretty stacked lineup, so it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one. I know that one, uh, me and my producer, Ollie Lawrence, that we were really excited to get was uh, Kitty Obsidian, um, because they're a fantastic yeah. burlesque and drag performer. They've been doing festivals all over the country. They're touring pretty much nonstop. They have just did a trip to Europe like, last year, going to Prague and Berlin and everything like that. Wow. So just every time we've tried to book them, they're like, sorry, I'm being paid a lot more money to be somewhere else. And we've found, like, the one gap in their calendar that we've actually been able to get them. And they've been, like, wanting to do the show the entire time. So they're really excited to be able to get on stage. Um, we have some people we haven't had um, before who've just kind of, like, started bubbling up. Uh, like Grendel, uh, who's kind of, like, doing a demon-themed kind of uh, drag persona. So I'm really excited to see... What he does, he's been at every show kind of just, like, cheering loudly, testosterone-rich, deep voice, just like, at every show. (laughs) So I'm really excited to get him on stage in front of this, like, show that he's been supporting the entire time. Um, 
We've got Beer Little Bazaar, who I'm really excited about, because uh, they've been doing uh, a lot of the drag queen storytime shows that have been getting, like, cancelled and, mm. and you know, not not cancelled in the, the Twitter sense, but cancelled in the literally yeah. removed from sale, shut down um, because of Nazis and stuff like that. So to get them and it, to do a show that's going ahead, you know, and have them be able to speak to their own community rather than speaking to cis people all the time, which they have to be doing. It's it's honestly a stacked lineup. A key change choir, which I'm really excited about, which yeah, is an all trans choir. So that's going to be the like literally the biggest act that we've had on the stage. It's going to be about twelve people. Wow! Now I, so that that caught my eye. I thought, hmm, what's the key change choir about? You've just answered. So twelve transgendered verse people where. Of course, we I think I think the actual choir is bigger than that, but we're just trying to figure out exactly how many are able to attend. But it's going to be somewhere around twelve people. Squeeze onto the stage, yeah. Um, and of course, we don't worry about um, sex or gender in terms of which keys sing which parts, um, which is a lovely thing. Yeah, well, I mean that's been the really beautiful thing having uh, so many musicians on the show over the over the different sessions that we've done is having people. Um, do songs that they've not been able to do before because of uh, either they were presenting in a different gender and they didn't feel comfortable yep. or they um, have gotten on hormones and stuff like that. So we've had people kind of like the the testosterone and the hormone replacement therapy has changed their um, natural range for singing. So they may have lost songs that they're kind of mourning, but they're also able to like embrace new songs yeah. and sing songs they haven't been able to sing in front of an audience before. And all of that's been really beautiful and fascinating to watch. So, oh, or, yeah, well, th- this is the thing. It's a trans and gender diverse space. Um, it's, um, you know, a space where we can, yeah, again, just be ourselves. Hooray. There's one that I, that I have to ask about. Great. Um, and that's because of my love and affection for the amazing cultural proclivity that is professional wrestling and my love of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Motherless Cold, what is that act about? That That's uh, nothing to do with wrestling, as far as I'm aware. Um, so yeah. they're a fantastic... Um, I mean, we, we get a lot of performers where it's hard to describe what their genre of performance oh, actually cool. is. So Stone Mother is called like the closest you would call it is drag, but it's not it's not like RuPaul's drag race, glitter and glam type drag. It's it's very much performance art. Uh they're they're a really uh cool uh Aboriginal performer and they ah. embrace a lot of that in their identity and cool. stuff like that as well. But it's um they're they're phenomenal. I, I'm really excited to see what she does during the show. Um but the great thing about the show for me is that I don't know what any of the acts are going to do. Wow. So my producer, Ollie, we find a bunch of trans performers that we're really excited about and we approach them and then Ollie knows what they're going to do because Ollie is producing it, has to make sure that we can make it run during the venue, needs to get all the tech requirements. But me as MC, I'm in the same position as the audience and I don't know what they're going to do. So. Wow. I get to be as surprised as the audience and I get to go on the same emotional journey that they're going on. And I get to kind of like be, be a shepherd kind of like guiding the audience through what we're all feeling because even though we might book a drag performer, they're not necessarily going to do drag. Yeah. They might do something else. We don't restrict anything they do on stage apart from don't burn the venue down and don't make a big mess that we have to clean up. Well, that's the only restrictions that we give them. Well, that, that's fair enough. It would cost us a lot to rebuild the Pride <laughs> Centre. We just got it built. Um, very true. 
And the thing is, whilst there's um, the list, of, there's a list of acts on the um, Pride Centre website. I believe you have more. Have added more than uh, yeah. So we've got uh, six different acts per night, plus me as the host. So that's uh, what's math. That's twelve, twenty-four, twenty-one. I don't know. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> oh, I'm an accountant. Don't ask me. About I, 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 have, I have dysnumeria, so this is uh, very embarrassing to ask me questions about numbers. But we have yeah, we've got uh, six different performers per night. Um, everyone's doing something completely different. We have all the genres covered. Pretty much all the tones covered as well. Like, I think a lot of people get confused because uh, I'm a comedian hosting it. So, like, oh, it's a comedy show. And it's like, no, no, it's a, it's an everything show. Like, it's, uh, it's just like the trans experience. It's just like trans people. It covers every kind of emotion, every kind of experience. Um, like, I've told audiences before, this night's going to feel a lot like your first week on hormones. Like, your emotions are going to be all over the shop. Fair enough. Well, look, let's have a breather here. I've um, got a track that I think is highly appropriate um, um, about this show and about your show. In a way, um, it's a Paul Kelly track that I thought, and it comes from an album, Comedy, which I thought was appropriate, and it's also called Don't Start Me Talking. But we have to stop for a minute, um, and we'll have more of uh, my chat with um, Anna Piper-Scott after we hear from Paul Kelly, 3CR, 855 AM. 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Start me talking Or I'll tell everything I know Don't start me talking I'll spill the things for sure Right before your eyes I blow it all open wide Don't start me talking Start me talking I'll have it all my way Don't start me talking 
3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June. We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station radical and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2023. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. Hi there, it's Busy Homosexual and Community Darling, Dean R. Curie, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio on 855 AM. Keep Radical Radio alive. Community Radio is everything, and I love it. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au. 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, with Sally and guest Anna Piper-Scott. And yes, a big hello to Community Darling, Dean R. Curie, who's, um, well, you know, sort of, I'm sure as a performer would be, wonder if um, Dean's going to come along to any of this, because I'm sure he would love it if he's not working somewhere. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how he's identifying at the moment, but he might be a bit too cis to come. Uh, hmm. Well, look, I'm sure we'll find out a way. <laughs> anyway, so you, we went through... I'm happy to refer him to my therapist. Well, <laughs> you know, look, you know, we, you, you know, we, we tolerate these lifestyle choices that some people make. Anyway... <laughs> And I'll just get untwist my tongue and get it out of my cheek. Um, something like that. Now, um, we one of the things we would just have while we listen to Paul Kelly, Don't Start Me Talking, and we're going to keep talking, is um, we were talking about how some of the acts were cathar- the cathartic, I suppose, for audience, for you as the um, hostess with the mostess, and for the, probably for the performers as well. Let's dive into that a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... Really, uh, it's a hard experience to describe. Like, one of the pieces of feedback we get from our audiences quite a lot is that some of them have been in an all-trans space before, but it's usually for political action mm. or for a funeral mm. or something like that, and it's it's usually somewhere you have to feel angry, you have to feel sad, you have to feel, like, a really specific emotion. And then at our show... You can feel whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can present however you want, talk however you want, and everyone there is just going to understand you and just you don't realise how much you are masking your transness or packaging it for a cis palette until suddenly you get into a room full of trans people and you're able to drop all of that extra effort that you're doing and that's usually a lot of where the catharsis comes in and then that's just from being in the room and then once you start to see performers who look like you or understand your experience or speak to what you've been feeling in a really specific, nuanced way, a way where you get to talk about how being trans can suck sometimes without making it sound like you're regretting being trans, you know? Mm. Or you can uh, have jokes about it without making it sound like it's not a serious, real thing, you know? Mm. And you're able to kind of, like, have all sides of it presented at once, and that's usually where a lot of the catharsis comes in. And having, you know, someone cry as a trans person on stage, or someone laugh as a trans person on stage, or someone be dumb and silly or or really eloquent and and have that all exist on the same show. 
and you're like, oh, I am, I'm all of this. I'm all of this that's happening on this lineup, you know? And I don't have to be just one kind of person like I do outside this room, you know? Even for me, who's so used to, like, just trying to be funny about being trans all the time and try and get everything right all the time because I know people look at me for a source of information to, like, just be a bit more off-the-cuff and ad-lib and not police myself, even that's just really liberating for me. And then I get to have an audience members come up to me after the show and be like, oh, the way you said this, I'm like, I would never have said that in front of this audience. I would never have let a cis person hear me say that. And then find out that it was really important for a trans person to hear me say it. And that's... I, I, I just... It was a dumb idea that I came up with for this show of just like, we'll just put a bunch of trans people on and we won't tell cis people to come. And, you know, like tell them to, to leave us alone, and then suddenly it's turned into this really weird, mystical experience almost, where, you know, without all these cis people in the room, without all their eyes and all their questions and everything like that, just suddenly everyone transforms into something really tra- three-dimensional and really nuanced, and it's it's impossible to kind of capture that in words. Like, you have to see it to, to be there. You have to be in the room to feel it. Well, yeah, I'd better get myself down to one of these shows, I think. Um, could be the go. Um, and um, get along there. Um, you know, there's a few things that come out of that. Yeah, we need the spaces. But I suppose I'm just going to be, as much as you're a comedian, I'll be serious for one second. Now, we're not, you know, we're not policing people at the door. We're not going to say, hmm, you don't look trans enough or anything, or you, you're, you're looking too cis, you know. Oh, it's, it's, it's very self-policed. We're yeah. not checking hormone prescriptions at the door or anything yeah. like that. We're not about all that gatekeeping. It's where my, my personal philosophy is that sometimes you need to be in a queer space to realise that you're queer. Yes. And sometimes you need to be in a trans space to realise that you're trans. Yeah. So we tell people, like, if you feel like you would get something out of this show, you can come. But everyone in the room is going to be treating you as though you're trans. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, it's not the right space for you. Got and we tell all the performers, performers though the entire audience is trans. So if you think you're ah. going to come along and you're not going to understand terms or that you're going to be feeling left out or feeling excluded or whatever, then maybe you shouldn't be there. Got it. Cool. All right. Just wanted to clear that up. But you mentioned um, something else which I wanted to discuss. I mean, I, I say very warmly, I think you're now one of the leading trans comics in this country in in your way i think a leading you know there's the old saying you can't be what you can't see and you know you're now up there as a performer and including comedian and people can see you 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 are you know offering in your way a sense of leadership to the trans community but obviously that didn't happen overnight um where did it all start for you in terms of comedy uh in terms of being trans in comedy or just comedy in general it's, well, let's go with both. Just how, how did the journey happen? We'll keep it really open. Well, I... So I was... Trying to, trying to put this into a clear <laughs> story. Because um, people don't normally ask me about this, and I have ADHD, and I have trouble telling a story uh, in chronological order. Uh, I originally was trying to become a filmmaker, and I was uh-huh. at film school uh, studying script writing, and I accidentally all my scripts end up being comedies, you know? They would challenge us to write a horror script and then I would end up writing a horror comedy. They're like, we're doing this challenge where you have to, like, film it in just one location. I'm like, okay, it's one location and it's funny. And everyone would find my scripts 
really hilarious, which was a very nice surprise. I didn't realise I was uh, a funny person until I went to film school. But then I was starting to get frustrated because I had to wait three months for a script to become something that people could actually laugh at. I'd only get to hear people laugh at it once in one screening, and then it was gone. And then one of my friends went to do an open mic night, which I'd never even heard of before. And... I won't say his name because uh, he was terrible. Uh, he was doing Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions 10 years past their use by date and was having a great reaction from the audience. And that really lowered the bar for me to go like, oh, well, I've always wanted to be funny in front of an audience and you've shown me how easy it is to get just the bare minimum of laughs. So I'll give it a shot. And I did my first open mic night and it went great and I've never turned back. And that really just filled such a big hole yes. inside me, the performing and the laughter and everything like that, that it actually took me a really long time to realise that I still had another part of me to figure out. You know, I did my first comedy night and I'm like, I've done it. I figured out everything that I've wanted and needed. Uh, it's just comedians. That's all I've wanted to be. That's that's the problem. And then after a while, I was like, no, there's this other part of you that you need to figure out as well. And I found out I was trans. Um very much, as you said, you have to see yourself to be yourself. Uh, another comedian, Cassie Workman, came out oh. as trans, posted a really f- beautiful post on her Facebook page explaining it, and I read that going, too much of this is relatable. And I thought this was just feelings that every boy feels, but turns out it's stuff that every trans girl feels. And I I, I went into it, you know? I like, and, and I thought potentially that I would have to give up comedy, to do it because yeah. I was in Perth, a pretty conservative city compared yeah. to the rest of the country. Uh, and I've gone, they're not going to enjoy this. They're not going to relate to this. I have to either become a, you know, a trans woman and quit comedy or have to keep doing comedy and hide this important part of me. And I end up choosing to be trans, risking the comedy career. But it turned out that it's uh, been really good for my comedy because I finally have something to say. <laughs> Well, um, there's always plenty to talk about there. And look, it seems there's a, a few performers, um, trans, <coughs> sorry, um, a few trans performers in the same. But I think I remember chatting with the fabulous Nikki Vivica once, and I think she's much the same thing that she was worried she'd lose work or something by by affirming her sense of gender. And there was more work and more quality work, and because it was more true to the heart. Yeah. Well, I mean. You see a bunch of, like, cis straight men on comedy shows, you're like, well, that's what people want. And you're like, no, no, that's what bookers put on thinking yeah. that's what people want. But what the people want is they want to hear interesting stories. And my big fear was just, like, comedy has to be relatable. If I transition, nothing of this is going to be relatable. Who's going to relate to hormones and surgeries and, and you know, like, trying to figure out women's clothes and everything like that? Who's going to relate to it? And... I don't need to make it relatable. I, audiences bring relatability. Audiences want to relate to you. What I bring, what I need to bring is accessibility, which is just making sure that people don't get lost. Yeah. You know? And that's the big thing about T for T as a show is I have to put a lot more effort than most comedians do into making my material accessible. And when I'm suddenly devoting that effort just to being funny and not to being accessible, it means I'm able to really flourish in front of an all-trans audience. Yeah. You know? So, but even... I think with a mostly cis audience and a mostly straight audience, I still do a lot of better than a lot of other comedians because I'm not talking about the same five topics that they are, you know? I'm able to kind of go like, hey, I went and got, you know, breast implants and every audience is like, 
oh, tell us more about that. Like, you can see them, like, lean forward and get interested. Whereas a comedian gets up and be like, oh, these dating apps. And they're like, okay, you're not going to tell us anything new. And I feel like those comedians sometimes have to work harder with a straight audience than I do because they're naturally more curious about me than they are about the same old story from the same old bloke. Yeah, that's that's an an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, whilst my stand-up, what I'll call more pure stand-up um, sort of stuff is way in my past. I remember it was very cishet male dominated at the time and certainly on the booking front. And it was guys, cishet males talking about, oh, look at my new hairstyle or something. Is that one of the five or is that the six, the, un, the unforgotten <laughs> sixth or something? Uh, I think it's been a while since I've seen any of them talk about fashion or aesthetics. Ah, uh, okay. It's usually dating, supermarkets... Uh, seem to be a big one. They just, uh, I, th- I think a lot of the these guys, not all of them, there's there's plenty of cishet men that I really do enjoy watching genuinely, but a lot of them just think that they have to be relatable. So they try and think of the most relatable things that they can, which is like, well, everyone's been to the supermarket. I'll try and come up with something interesting about going to the supermarket. I'm like, I just want to pull these dudes aside sometimes and be like, do you know what would be really much more interesting to the audience if you talked about this weird psychological issue you had or the time that you grew up in this small town that no one's been to or, you know, your trip to another country that they don't know anything about, you know? Like, if you tell me about 12 hours that you spent in Luxembourg, I'm going to be much more interested than the 12 hours you've spent in supermarkets, you know? It's... People want to hear an experience they haven't had. Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. I think people want that and they people want to go out to be entertained, you know? Um, is the main thing, you know, regardless of um, any part of their background. And, yeah, how many times can you make jokes about supermarkets or, you know, driving or whatever else and Volvo Volvo drivers or whatever else? Um, I think that might have been the seventh. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, so, yeah, this is the thing. Authenticity. This is what people are screaming for. And you've got it. And, you know, I am Cassie and although I'm not sure how much stand-up she's doing nowadays. Jordan Raskopoulos, um, who, of course, was um, trailblazing, now doing more of the social media stuff from, what was it, the Axis of Awesome, which is one of the yes. best trio names I've ever heard. Um, so, that, you know, it's just great to just see all these people out there and, you know, the fact that there are people doing these things, you know, everywhere and, you know, we, Fringe just seems to be um, pretty queer nowadays as well and very diverse as well, um, which is incredibly welcome. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that upsets a lot of the the cishet people sometimes, you know? I think they think that we're being forced down people's throats. And, you know, I think there's some of them who look at my career a bit resentfully because I'm winning, like, lots of awards and touring a lot of places. And, and they think it's just because I'm trans. I'm like, it's because I'm, it's cause I'm good, you know? Um, I think the transness has made me better as a comedian and has made me a better performer. I think there's a lot of the queer experience that kind of makes you uh, a better artist and a more interesting voice, but I don't think it is anything to do with my demographics directly that I'm successful, you know? I think it's a second-order effect, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, well, look, it's when you can be yourself, bring all your strengths to bear... Um, in anything, whether it's comedy or rocket science or hairdressing or um, whatever you do, um, you know, we, it's the old story. You know, you can shine more. And I, I certainly think that's the case. And, yeah, look, I'll just say 
bit of um, self-disclosure. Yeah, I had that once. I got I got a community award because it was the Token Trans Award. No, never mind what it did, you know. Yeah. Um, been there, done that. Um, I haven't got a T-shirt from it, though. Um, anyway, <laughs> but, um, and look, you you are damn good. And, you know, here, here to that is what I would say. And now it's just thriving and rocking along. Um, the, a question that I had in mind, I mean, you've done the, the T for T events, coming back to that here in Nam slash Melbourne. Um, um, have you going to are you going to triumphantly return to Perth with one, or get it around this big island and the surrounding smaller ones um, with T for T? We're definitely looking at it. We're definitely thinking about it. Um, we we do have people from across the country asking us every time we announce that we're doing another one of these T for T shows. We get people going, "When do you bring it to Brisbane? When do you bring it to Perth? When do you bring it to Adelaide, Sydney, whatever?" We've even had people in like the UK messaging us going, we need a show like this here in the UK. So we're thinking about how to do that, but we're just trying to be really smart about how we're growing this show. And our most important kind of like thing is that we want this show to always be successful for the performers who are on the show. That's our first and biggest priority. Um, That's more important than me making money. That's more important than my producer, Ollie Lawrence making money is that our performers come perform for our audience, and they get paid. So every time we think about doing a tour, it's, um, yeah, the big question is, like, can we get the grants for it? Can we get the funding for it? Is there enough of an audience to justify it? Would the ticket sales be good enough? And we're being really, really careful and making sure that um, every time we do it, it's a a big hit, Um, which means that we're not doing it too often either, you know? And that's the thing that kind of people... Uh, going like, oh, you should turn this into a monthly show. It's like, we never want this to be a show that people take for granted. We're coming, we're doing it, we're making a big splash, and then we go away, and you don't know when we're coming back, and you don't know when we'll we'll show up next. So come, catch it, or miss out. And then with every night being a completely different set of performers, a lot of them doing unique one-off acts, it's very much a, if you haven't seen it, if you weren't there, you missed it. So even if we do tour it, you might still not be able to see the same show that was here. Yep. No, look, that that's fair enough. I think that that... I mean, it's great that people run monthly comedy rooms, but there's got to be the, we'll say, demand and supply type of stuff going on, um, for starters. But um, also, I think there's another... You know, there is that sense of sponta- spontaneity and, um, I'll invent a word, organicness, um, that I think would need to happen with a night like this, that if you just did it monthly, I don't think... I think that maybe you wouldn't get that. Um, would be my thoughts. What do you reckon? You re- yeah, I think it, it's it's meant to be an exclusive event. It's meant to feel like a, a private party, you know? Like, it's meant to feel like, you know, so many times trans people are used to going to events and even if they were able to buy a ticket or whatever, they get there and the performers are saying, ladies and gentlemen, and stuff like that. Or, and, and, and it just doesn't feel like we were meant to be there. It feels like we've shown up at an event that we weren't invited to uh, and that they would prefer we didn't show up to. So it's this audience is meant to be like, you show up, you're meant to be there, no one else is meant to be there. Anyone else who comes in is meant to feel like maybe they shouldn't show up. Maybe they have to like shut up and be quiet about who they are, which is a unique experience for them as well. And it's really important that we kind of maintain that exclusive vibe which means that we can't be doing it every week or every month. It has to be something that you get to see if it's on, and if you missed it, you missed it, and you don't know if it's coming back or when it's coming back. Yeah, it's got to have that feeling of being special. Absolutely. 
And I think, well, I mean, we know you've, the way you've described it, the, the two previous sets of events have had that feeling of being special. And I think, yeah, if you if you tried to make it regular, it would probably it would just probably lose that. So awesomeness. Um, apart from this, what else have you got going on in your, um, we'll say, performing life at the moment? Because you're now in the happy position you were discussing off air of you're able to work full-time as a performer, which is a very awesome thing because very few of us get to, you know, perhaps do the thing that we love and are able to pay all the bills with it. But um, first of all, and I congratulate you for that, you know, just um, that that's an achievement in itself, which says that, going back to the earlier conversation, which says that you're damn good. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, it's, it's very much at the moment... Um, laying the tracks in front of the train as it's moving. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I'm a full-time performer for now. I haven't quite gotten to the point where I'm like, I will continue to be a full-time performer a year from now, two years from now. But things are, are looking looking better. It, it's nice to be at a moment where there's actually stuff coming up that I'm not allowed to talk about because it hasn't Ooh. been announced, um, including something uh, pretty spicy that I'm cooking up for Melbourne Fringe. Um, but I'm going to Edinburgh with uh, my most recent show, Such an Inspiration, uh, going to a, a venue called House of Oz, which won Best Venue at Edinburgh last year, and they've figured out a way to kind of um, make it all affordable for me to go over and... You know, so I'll be doing my show for the first time in the UK uh, on Turf Island, which is a really mm. stressful uh, but exciting opportunity. And um, yeah, I'm uh, about to go to Sydney for a, a comedy debate about polyamory uh, in a couple of weeks cool. uh, for Vivid Ideas. Um, I've got to reach a nice point in my career where people are starting to pay for me to travel to them to nice. perform. And that's a, a nice feeling. A very confusing position for me to be in as a, you know, young, young, weird, queer person from Perth who didn't think I'd ever get to go anywhere. Well, there, there you go. And you are. And again, just again, just very warmly well done on all the good work. And so, I mean, that that's just exciting in itself. And I, I'd say, again, that that, is, you know, that will lift other trans people to go, well, I can make it in my particular field, whether it's performing of any genre or genres because we don't like binaries and whether whatever it is it's like oh the, you know I, I have i can live my life to the fullest is just that's awesome yeah well that's the great thing about tvt especially doing this show is that because we've got so many different trans people on stage there are people who feel who come to the show who aren't out or aren't out everywhere or they're still trying to figure out what their gender identity is what their pronouns are what how much they want to transition and because we've got such a broad range of trans people from every single kind of gender identity and you know assigned sex and background or whatever that you can think of that people come to our show and they see someone like them inevitably in some way and that makes them feel like they are suddenly trans enough and they are allowed to be in this space that they weren't sure that they were allowed to enter and they can have success and joy and be loved by an entire room full of people. And what we tell the audience is, I, I tell them, like, this stage is a mirror. Every bit of love that you put onto this stage gets reflected back at you. Every person who's on this stage is someone like you who's been where you've been, and every bit of love you give them and every bit of love you see them get is love that you deserve that you aren't getting. And that's the most important part of the, the experience for me is, is having trans people from every different background 
be in that room and suddenly realize how much they do belong there and how much they are meant to be there. So I, I really, as much as we tell cis people not to come, if there's people in the audience or people listening right now who feel like this is meant to be something that they want to want to see or feel like that they might get something out of it, I really strongly encourage them to come and watch because the people who shouldn't be there are the ones who know that they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Whereas the people who aren't sure usually end up finding that they were meant to be there and they did need to come see that show. Cool. All right, we've just got a couple of messages to clear and then we'll come back and type, um, type any loose ends and um, be ready for Freedom of Species at 1. Um, you're on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Sally Goldner with guest Anna Piper-Scott. En Rasavin Manasile Isaynyani Ilerajavin Isay Kondatam Celebrating the wondrous music of Maestro Ilaraja on 3CR every Friday, 8 to 9 p.m. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the 3CR Community Radio. You got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by... By Neil Mitchell. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Had to sneak that one in. Um, one of the great comedians in Australian history. Good on you, Rod. Um, I'm Sally Goldner, hosting Out of the Pan, and we're just about to wrap up the show with a fabulous guest, Anna Piper Scott. Um, just some things coming up over the next couple of weeks. Remember to check your Queer TV on Channel 3144 for some more arts but of course it will be repeated later because you might be at the show on friday the 9th um, when um one of the three shows for t for t as that goes live to your first time and um tuesday week talking polyamory is the poly discussion group um which is always a good thing to discuss and yeah uh wednesday week the 14th is the trans anxiety group so lots of things um coming up um wow um I think we got it all covered, which is always quite amazing. But I just wanted to check um, anything else um, before we mention again where we get how and when and where we get our tickets um, for T4, T4T, a transgender showcase. Anything else you just wanted to mention? I, I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, that's, that's always the hard part about kind of promoting and talking about the show is that it's a bit of a mystery to me what's actually going to happen, you know? And that's why I always get a little bit stressed when I, I get these questions of, like, who are you most excited to see? Because every time I go into the show, 
there's a performer that I know, that I love, that I know I'm going to have a good time with, but there's always someone that Ollie has uh, introduced me to that I don't know about, and I get to see them perform for the first time, and they go from being a nobody to me to being a my new favourite performer. <laughs> so there's maybe some names I haven't mentioned, but... Uh, I've I've got them on the lineup because Ollie, my producer, Ollie Lawrence, has I- insisted that they should be there, and and then Ollie gets the same thing with me, where I'll I'll usually be the person recommending comedians for the show, and then Ollie's like, well, I haven't heard of them, but uh, if you say they're good, and then they go away, being like, how have I not heard of this person? They're amazing. So I think anyone listening, if if you're looking at it, you're not sure which show to come see, and you're there going, oh, well, I don't know that many performers on this night. I think still come, and I think you'll probably be surprised at how talented our community is. And there's a lot of performers that don't have a big profile because they're kind of maligned or ignored by bookers, you know? Like, the people booking shows look at these performers and go, oh, they're just trans performers. They probably don't have that much appeal. They're probably not that good. They're not that experienced or whatever. And then they come and do our show, and they are just phenomenal talents, who are putting in way much more work and thought and creativity into their acts than any of the cis performers who are out there. So I don't know I don't know what to tell people to expect, apart from knowing that it will be an unforgettable experience and it'll be a show that you're gonna be talking about and that you won't get this experience at any other kind of show. Absolutely. Well um the acts with we know of one change, um Thursday the eighth Key Change Choir, um, to use my, my best league team's voice, um, while Eddie Patterson is listed on the Pride Centre website, Eddie can't make it, but we have the fabulous Jack Brady has um, come in off um, and is now in the team. You've got Rasputin, Pompey, Fresh, Georgie Munro, Fab Singer and Lady Gentleman. Um, but Georgie could be doing anything else. We don't know. Um, yeah. Doing handstands or something. Um, yeah. Could be could be doing comedy, could be doing spoken word. I mean, if if she's singing, we'll be just as happy, but we'll find out. Um, but I, I, I know who we've got on the, the rest of the show, so if you want me to... You go for it. So we've got on Friday, we've got Izzy Inyet, uh, Kitty Obsidian, Chloe Black, who's come all the way from Tasmania for the yeah. show, which is going to be fantastic. We have Carnelian, uh, Kurt Pimblett, who is a poet who I'm really excited about, uh, Han Arbuthnot, who is uh, a comedian who was selling out every single show at the comedy festival. So yeah. this might be uh, the only time that you're going to be able to get a ticket to see Han based on uh, how their ticket sales have gone previously. Uh, we've got Willow Sizer on Saturday along with Patrick Collins, Stone Motherless Cold, who we talked about, who who is not a wrestler as far as I'm aware, but again, yeah. who knows what's happening. Uh, Billy Bazaar, Grendel, and uh, Florian Wilde, who we've had before and was absolutely phenomenal, so I'm so excited to have them back. Absolutely. What well, you know? So we've got 18 great acts over three nights, um, and you can if you just put in Pride Center T4T, you get there, and how you can get the tickets and all that sort of thing. Um, it'll take you to the Tribe Booking website. Um, I'd better go and book mine for Thursday. Yeah. Um, before, once we get off air. Um, and a Piper Scott, it's just been an absolute joy to have you in. Um, thank you for everything you do for arts and the trans community combined. It really is, you know, it's the tonic we need that says um, how awesome trans people are, which you and I know that, and all our trans listeners know that. And our true allies know that, but we just need to keep reminding ourselves in these um, 
and that we can have fun and show our amazing uniqueness and we're going to have three nights of it in the coming week. Great. I'm so excited. We'd better leave it there. Make way for Freedom of Species, um, talking all things animal advocacy. Take it out with another great trans performer, a musician, the fabulous Jade Starr from the Dread Circus album of some years ago, um, 2007, but it seemed appropriate to play on a day a bit where we're talking about trans performers and one that's so appropriate, gender-optimised 2.0. Thanks for tuning everyone into Out of the Pan. Thanks once again to Anna Piper-Scott. Catch you next week. Thank you.